Missed that one. I want to make sure everybody gets greeted because it's so cold out and uh, we just want to make sure everybody's hands are warmed up and blah, 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 you know. Yeah, who said that? We're glad that you're here this morning and I, um, I love Christmas. I love this time of the year. I love the, the joy of this season. I love the excitement. I love the celebration, the lights, the decorations. Uh, and I think that most people do. There are people who struggle at this time of the year, no doubt, and yet I think the majority would say, yeah, they wouldn't, wouldn't trade Christmas in for anything. The problem, there is a bit of a problem, however, and that is that sometimes we forget what Christmas is really all about. And last week we talked about the gift of Christmas being the importance of listening to God, because God wants to speak. That's the gift of Christmas. God wants to speak to us, and he calls us, encourages us to listen to him. This morning I want to talk to you about the next special thing that needs to take place at this time of the year, and that is that we need to proclaim. We need to proclaim the good news that God has spoken into our hearts. I want to ask you a question this morning. How do you feel when you get news? And if you're like me, when it's good news, you're, you're, you're excited. When it's bad news, maybe, maybe you get knots in your stomach and wish you could run away or go someplace else. But uh, think about that. How do you feel? You, uh, if, if you're like me, uh, when you get bad news, you, 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 you get you get a knot in your stomach, and Gloria says that uh, I even smell different when I'm... I don't know what that means. It's a woman thing, I guess. She says, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what that means. But she says, Alan, you, when, you're, when you're upset, man, I can tell it. When you look at it, my face goes white, um, whiter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, getting bad news, not a, not a good thing. I mean, do you ever get those letters in the mail from the city of Winnipeg? Anybody ever gotten any of those? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's some, some don't, but I'll, let me just, for those of you who are, um, are perfect drivers, uh, <laughs> those that live in Stony Mountain or Stonewall don't know what I'm talking about. We, we've, in the city, we, we've got uh, these cameras set up in certain places. And if you're going just a little too fast, it takes your picture. And um, it's it, not the kind of picture you want to put on your mantle <laughs> or on your wall, not the kind you want to frame. It, it's usually a, a picture of the back, back end of your car and, um, and, and attached to it is a little bit of a fine. Uh, it, and it's usually not just a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. I, I, I know as soon as it, I, I don't have to open the envelope. I know it's in there. I know it's bad news. And I, and I don't want to open that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Bad news. Bad news. Maybe, uh, maybe you've gotten letters from certain people that just, as soon as you see the handwriting, you recognize the handwriting, you know right away, oh no, I know who this is from, it's not gonna be good. A minister friend of mine told me he'd get hate mail from a certain old lady in his church and he, he knew her handwriting, he wouldn't even open, he'd just throw it right into the garbage. And I said, bravo for him. Um, I'm too curious, I'd wanna know. What other way she hated me? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I'm not encouraging or inviting any hate mail, by the way. 
I, I, I got an interesting uh, thing here. I've shared this with some of you before about the, the son who gets his letters from his mother. And, uh, and especially at Christmas time, it's usually a, you know, a guilt kind of letter. And this is what it said. Dear darling son and that person you married. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. And please don't worry. I'm just fine considering I can't breathe or eat. It's a real guilt letter. The important thing is that you have a nice holiday thousands of miles away from your ailing mother. I've sent along my last $10 in this card, which I hope you'll spend on my grandchildren. Lord knows their mother never buys them anything nice. They look so thin in their pictures, poor babies. And thank you so much for the Christmas flowers, dear boy. I put them in the freezer so they'll stay fresh for my grave. (laughs) Which reminds me, we buried Grandma last week. I know she died years ago, but... I got to yearning for a good funeral, so Aunt Viola and I dug her up and had the service all over again. I don't know if this is true or not. (laughs) I would have invited you, but I know that woman you live with would have never let you come. I bet she's never even watched the videotape of my surgery, has she? (laughs) Well, son, it's time for me to crawl off the bed now. I lost my cane beating off muggers last week. But don't worry about me. I'm also getting used to the cold since they turned my heat off. And I'm grateful because the frost on my bed numbs the constant pain in my legs. Now, don't you even think about sending me any more money because I know you need it for those expensive family vacations you take every year. Give my love to my darling grandbabies and my regards to, uh, what's her name? The one with the black roots who stole you screaming from my bosom. (laughs) Merry Christmas and love, Mom. Oh, and by the way... Because of my loss of memory, I forgot to put the $10 in the card before I sealed it. Good news, bad news. I want you to know something. Christmas, for so many people, is, is a difficult time. It's a, it's a harsh time. It's a, a time of sadness. And, and the statistics say suicides go up and, and uh, depression and and family fights and feuding, that sort of thing. I mean, Dr. Phil's making big bucks at this time of the year with his TV programs. It just, just really appealing to where people are at. But you know, Christmas is supposed to be a wonderful time. It's supposed to be a time of good news. Of wonderful news. In fact, the best news that's ever been proclaimed on the face of the earth. It says in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I want to share with you a video clip. Can we see that right now, Reese?
I couldn't get a, a an angel host to come and sing for you this morning to announce this, so I thought this is the second best thing to it. It's good news. Jesus has been born. Great news. Best news that this world has ever heard. And yet, and yet, still so many people have not heard that good news. And yet, still so many people who are unhappy at this time of the year. If you watched the news recently, you've heard about the horrific killing and, and maiming and dismembering of these children. Have you heard about that? The things that have happened to these little ones. And you wonder how God on earth could this happen? How could children be treated like that? My friends, we are living in a world of darkness. And it just is getting worse and it's going to get worse. And there's only one answer. There's only one solution. And it's Jesus. Who is the answer today? Jesus. Can I ask you one more time? Who's the answer today? Jesus. What is this good news? Can I remind you of something? That this is actually the... This, this, this announcement made by the angel is the, the last angelic evangelization that we ever read about. This is the last time that it's angels that bring this good news to the world. You know, if you know your Bible, if you know the teachings of Christ, you know that Jesus, after his ministry on this earth, he tells his disciples, your job now is to go and take this good news to the world. It's our job, your job and my job, to share this good news with others. And this morning, if you have not yet put your faith in Christ, then I've got good news for you. And that is Jesus is the solution for whatever it is that you're going through in your life today. And there might be some people here today that say, Pastor, I've been a Christian for years and years and years. Do you know that it's very easy after being a Christian for years and years and years to forget that Jesus is still the only solution to your problems? It's so easy, isn't it, to forget that Jesus is still the only solution to your financial problems, your marriage problems, your, your problems with your kids, your job. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to remind you that the good news is that Jesus is here to help you and to, to take you through this life with all of its cares and concerns and problems. And so here's the thing that the angel proclaimed to those who have not yet heard the good news. And this is what we are to proclaim, we who are called to share this good news. Here's the first thing. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, the angel said. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, why on earth would the angels be terrified of angels? Everybody knows that angels are, are wonderful, great, benevolent, kind beings, emissaries of God. They're pure, they're perfect, all dressed in white. Why would they be afraid? I'll tell you why, my friends. Is because fear is the common emotion felt and experienced by every human being. That person sitting beside you this morning, don't look at him, don't look at her, might be fearful 
about something at this very hour, this very moment. You're afraid of your future. Afraid about the economic conditions. Afraid about your retirement funds. I don't know what you're afraid. Afraid that your children will never speak to you again. Or afraid that you're, that, that you're going to have uh, health problems that you can't cope with. I don't know what you're afraid of today, but I'm going to tell you this. It's something that every human being deals with. Where did that come from? Because that's not the way we were created. God did not create us to be fearful. Where did it come from? Well, you've heard me tell you this before, that that the key to understanding all of human behavior and understanding all of the reasons why this world is the way it is 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 found in Genesis chapter 3. And, of course, if you know your Bible, you know that Genesis chapter 3 is a story of Adam and Eve. And what do we discover about Adam and Eve? Well, the Bible's clear that Adam and Eve had a rich relationship with God. The Bible says they walked in the cool of the garden together. They fellowshiped. They talked together. They had true communion, true fellowship. You know that kind of fellowship I'm talking about where you can talk with somebody for hours and, and there's still so much to say and, and you run out of time. This is, this is the kind of conversation that Adam and Eve had with God until one day Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And God came out for a walk with Adam and Eve, which was customary, and suddenly Adam and Eve are nowhere around. And God said, where are you? And they said, well, here, here, here we are. Adam said, here I am. And God said, why are you hiding? You've never done this before. Now, God knew. But he wanted Adam to admit it. He wanted Adam to confess the problem. And Adam said, well, I was afraid. And God said, why are you afraid? And Adam said, because I'm naked. And God said, how'd you know that? And then Adam and Eve confessed that they had sinned against God. And that, my friends, is the beginning of fear in all humans. That's when fear entered in. We were not created to be fearful people. And yet some of us, this, this would be the, the, the main emotion that would describe, best describe our lives. We wake up in the morning, we're afraid. We go through the course of the day, we're afraid. We go to bed afraid. We're fearful. We're, we're, we're worried. For some of us, fear has become a way of life for us. And, and there's Christians who would say, yeah, fear has become a way of life for me. I want you to know today that this fear that's come into your life has come in as a result of sin, of guilt and shame, repeated failing. We're afraid of God. And we wonder, can God ever love me? Have you ever noticed, by the way, how atheists are always attacking God? Why do they attack God like that? Do you ever wonder that? There's all kinds of books on the uh, on the market. Did you hear about the latest one? One of the latest ones. Uh, God is not great. Did you hear that one? And uh, and Dawkins, who's come out attacking God, that there is no such thing, and, and on and on. Why are they attacking God? If they're atheists, just, why is it a big deal? I'll tell you why. Because in their heart, in their heart of hearts, and they can't even they can't even articulate it, or even be, they haven't got the ability even to admit it. But in their heart of hearts. They're afraid, afraid of, of God. They know that they are sinful. They know that they have done wrong. They know that they have failed in so many ways. 
And so they attack. They come out attacking. Now I want you to know something. God sends an angel to announce this great news to the world. Notice that God does not send a host of angels to attack human beings. Did you notice that? He doesn't send a host of angels to teach those human beings a lesson because they're so sinful, they're so bad, they're so evil, blah, 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 blah. No, what does he do? He sends an angel to bring good news to broken, sinful, hurting people. And this morning... Your, your heart may be full of guilt, may be full of shame. You, you, may, you may be a Christian, yet you still feel your heart is, is not where it needs to be, and, and, and you're fearful. The Bible says this in 1 John 14, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so the good news is this, my friends, is that God comes along and says, because of Jesus, you and I don't have to be afraid anymore. Because of Jesus, fear is driven out. And in place of that fear is his perfect love. This morning, if you're struggling with fears, then it's time for you, listen to me, it's time for you to get your eyes off of your problem and on to Jesus once again. My dad was telling me that he read through his Bible uh, just a couple weeks ago and was telling me uh, just how powerful that was. That thrilled my heart to hear that. Because my friends, here's the thing. If you want perfect love to fill your heart and if you want to drive the fear away, then you need to start hearing Jesus. You need to focus on Jesus. And you'll find that the words of Christ drive away the fear that fills your heart. Man, there's all kinds of fears. I was uh, sharing some of them in the first service. Let me just share a few of them. Here's this one. It's called paletophobia. Paletophobia. And this is a fear of baldness and bald people. Anybody have that fear this morning? I can't tell, really. Uh, Aerophobia is a fear of drafts. Porphyrophobia is a fear of the color purple. Levophobia is a fear of objects on the left side of your body. Don't understand that one. Thalassophobia is a fear of being seated. And I see Richard was standing in the first service. He's seated the second one. I'm going to single him out again. Odontophobia, the fear of teeth. I've got an uncle, I won't say which one. Whenever he came at us, he always stuck his teeth out at us. Make him come out of his, out of his face. I mean, I can understand a fear of that. <laughs> and there's, uh, a phobophobia, which is a fear of fear. You know what? There's a whole industry built upon fear. Psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, men, they're making big bucks counseling people through their fears. I'm going to tell you something today, my friends. You can save yourself a lot of money. You save yourself a lot of grief, a lot of pain if you just turn your eyes upon Jesus. You start to hear His voice. Start to worship Him. This is I love the worship here, This the second half of the service. It was all about turning our eyes upon Jesus. That's what you need to do, my friends, in the midst of your fears, in the midst of your sorrows, your pains, whatever. And the angel comes along with this good news. Don't need to be afraid anymore because of Jesus. 
The angel goes on to say this. Some more good news. He's got good news of great joy. He's got a message for us. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. Do you know what it means to receive good news? If, has anybody ever here received good news? I remember when I, when I applied to go to Bible college and I got the letter saying that you are accepted and I did something that I don't, I don't do normally as I started jumping up and down and I was really excited. I mean, I, I won't, I won't demonstrate that for you because that would be shocking for some of you and hard, that would be, give you nightmares, I'm sure. I'm jumping up and down. I'm excited about, about getting accepted into Bible school. Why, my friends? Because it would be life transforming. It would change my life forever. And then I, I, uh, as time went on, I got more good news. I was accepted to be the youth pastor at Charleswood Gospel Temple, the, my very first pastorate. And I remember when I got the phone call, it was just before chapel. I was second year Bible school, or third year Bible school, just before chapel. Everybody was in chapel. Nobody was in the halls, at least so I thought. I come out of the office and I'm skipping and I'm jumping down the halls as I'm so excited. Again, I'm not going to demonstrate for that, demonstrate that for you, but, but out of one of the office comes Mr. Schindel. And Mr. Schindel is one of the most straight-laced, stern-faced, barely crack a smile kind of guy. Just not that kind. And there I am, jumping up and down, going down the hall, and he goes, Duncalf! <laughs> and I'm, I'm horrified now that someone's watching me, watching me jumping up and down. He goes, what's, what's going on? I said, well, I've got good news. I've just been called to be a youth pastor in a church. And a, he, a great big smile broke out across his face because he understood the significance of that. As a fulfillment of a life dream for me, it's what I always wanted to do. It's what I felt God called me to do. And it was going to transform my life. That's what good news does, my friends. It means a transformation of your life where you're never the same again. The way you are right now will never be the same again once Jesus gets a hold of your heart. And when your heart hears that good news, you'll never be the same again. I was in Greece when I proposed to Gloria. I phoned her, and she was actually at my sister's place when she took the call. And I asked Gloria, if, this was in January, I'd arrived in August, I said, Gloria, would you like to, would you, would you, would you be interested? If, could could you, uh, would you would you want to come to Greece? <laughs> what does that mean, Alan? <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you want to? Should we um, just say it, Alan? <laughs> will Will you marry me? And and then I heard the phone drop on the floor, <laughs> and I heard her screaming and jumping up and down on the other side, and. And uh, my heart, I can't tell you, I, I, it's, it's like it happened yesterday. My heart still carries the joy of that moment. My life would never be the same again. And she went back to Greece with me as my wife. And it was uh, some months when finally... It was time for her to go to the doctor. And we were told the good news. We were going to have a baby. And now here I am, hopping and skipping down the streets of Greece. Because <laughs> I was going to be a dad. My life would never be the same again. That was for the first kid. 
And then when he was born, I had, I had a son. And there I am in the hospital, Agia Lucas. And I'm skipping down the aisles of the hospital because I had a boy. My life would never be the same again. I want to tell you something, my friends. Once you accept the good news that God has for you, this good news, which is Jesus Christ, once you've accepted that, your life is never the same again. You are transformed. You're, when you accept Jesus into your life, you become a brand new person, a brand new creation. How many of us here today would say, man, if I could just forget about those, those, those bad years of my life, if I could just sort of, if, if, they, if I could just do my life over again, I'd make sure I never did that again. Well, I want you to know some good news this morning, my friends, is that when you ask Jesus into your heart, the Bible says that you become a brand new person and all the bad things you've ever done and all the things that, all the failings and all the, the miserable things that you've done, it's all washed away. All washed away. He said, Pastor, how on earth can that happen? You see, when Jesus was born in a manger, he didn't stay in a manger. He grew up to be the one who would die on the cross for your sins and mine and, and, and literally take the punishment that you and I deserve. Friends, that is the real message of Christmas, that Jesus took upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve. Now, can I just say something here real quickly? Because some of you are saying, I've been a Christian for years. I've heard this many times. Listen, this, this, is a, this is good news for you too. Because how many know that even though you've been a Christian for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you still sin? How many, anybody not sin anymore? Because if, if, you, if you're one of those, then you need to get up here and take this mic and take over for me. Because we, we who have been serving God for a while still, still mess up. And sometimes we mess up badly. But the good news is that when you ask Jesus into your life, all you have to do is come to him and ask him to forgive you and to wash away your sin, and he does it. And this morning, if you're here as a Christian and your heart's heavy because you've messed up badly, come to Jesus. Confess your sin. And the Bible says he's faithful and just, and he'll forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's the good news. If you ask the average guy on the street, what would be the best news that you could ever hear? You know what they'd probably say? They'd probably say uh, that I won the lottery. That would be the best news I could hear. In uh, Virginia right now, there's a jackpot of $207 million waiting for some lucky winner. I don't know if that's been won yet or not. It was on the CNN this morning. $207 million. You know what the odds are of winning that pot of $207 million? It's one in 176 million. That's the, that's the odds. Do you know what? You've got 4,000 times, 4,000 times more likely to be struck by lightning than to win the jackpot, the lottery jackpot. And guess what, my friends? That good news is only good for one person. But the good news that I'm sharing with you today is for all people. And that's my third point this morning. When you go out and share that good news with other people, you tell people you don't need to be fearful anymore because Jesus has come along. And he's brought good news that will transform your life. And guess what? It's for all people. That's what it says in Luke 2, 10 C. It's good news that will be for all the people. Can I just tell you something here this morning? It, there's no qualifiers here. It doesn't say, and this would be, 
this will be for all the people who are good. Didn't say that. Didn't say that this will be for all the people who are white skinned. Or this will be for all the people who are rich. Or this will be for all the Jewish people. Or this will be for all the smart people. Or this will be for all the, all the perfect people. It doesn't say that. It just says it for all the people, period. It's for everyone. I don't care who you are, where you're from, but it's for you. One of my favorite gospel singers, and don't laugh at me, my dad got me hooked on this when I was a kid, it was Mahalia Jackson. Anybody here ever, ever heard of Mahalia Jackson? She sings, uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. And then one of the lines is this, it's, if, the, if religion was a thing that money could buy, the rich would live and the poor would die. And then she sings, he's got the whole world in his hands. I want you to know today, people, Jesus is for you. Not just a one-time experience where you came forward and you, you asked Jesus into your heart, but it's, it's a daily, it's a daily, daily experience for you. And Jesus calls you to come every day to experience his grace and his love. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. He knows your problems. He knows your struggles. You know, Jesus is just sitting there waiting for you to ask for help. He's just, he's just sitting there waiting for you to say, Jesus, I need your help. Would you, would you help me? That's the good news. We're not talking about religion here today, people. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ that you experience on a daily basis. It's for you. And there's a whole world out there that needs to hear this good news. There's a whole world out there And I know it because the Bible says it clearly that this good news of great joy is for all the people, for everyone. Today, you need to be reminded that for all, for all the people, for all the people means you. Whether you have given your heart to Jesus or not, it's for you. I've asked Lynn Hepner to sing a song for me this morning for us. It's an old, it's what they used to call the Negro spiritual. I think they've, they've uh, changed the name now to make it a little bit more politically correct. They call it African-American spiritual. It was written by John Work back in the 1800s. It's a wonderful Christmas carol. And I just want you, before Lynn sings it, I want you to stop and consider that this comes from the African-American culture. Who in, in the 1800s had just, was just moving out of slavery. And who at that time were still held or considered to be second-class citizens. These were people who were oppressed whose freedom was robbed from them. Think, think of what these people went through and recognize that the message, the good news that the angels brought to the shepherds was for them as well as for you. Whatever you are experiencing today, whatever you are struggling with today, I want you to know today that God loves you and he's got some good news for you. If you'll open your hearts up, to receive it. Lynn, sing for us, please.
Somebody needs you to be their angel. Shepherds had Gabriel. Your friends, your family are not going to have a visit from Gabriel this Christmas. But they can have a visit from you. Why don't you invite them to come to church? Come to hear about the Christ that loved them. Come to invite them. Invite them to come and hear about the Christ who took upon himself your sin, your guilt, your shame. Invite them to come come and hear about the, the Jesus that loves them. Father, thank you. Thank you this morning for your love. And God, some are here this morning and their hearts are have been moved. And uh, maybe there's some here today who have not yet accepted that good news into their hearts. They have not yet accepted Jesus into their life. God, I pray right now that uh, you would do a work by your Spirit in those hearts. And I wonder, while everyone's eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, no one's looking around, is there anyone here today that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I, uh, I need Jesus to touch my heart this morning. Could you just lift your hand up? I'm going to pray for you this morning. Yes, thank you. Anybody else like that? Yes, thanks. Anyone else? Yeah. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Father, you've seen these hands that have been raised and you know the you know the personal pain, the personal hurt. And this is a difficult time of the year because of because of that. God, I pray that you administer your healing touch to those hearts. Those who raise their hands, God, I pray that they would just know just a, a fresh, fresh infusion of your love and your peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And for the rest of us, Lord, we pray that you would give us the grace to go and invite someone. The greatest Christmas gift that we can give anyone this Christmas is the gift of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be faithful in sharing that with others. Let's stand together and sing.